0: gadget guide
1: on cambridge
0: 105 radio thanks very much lucy for the last couple of hours on home and uh, will be back tomorrow welcome to the gadget guide and we're going to be talking about some of Dell's new announcements from CES 2023 in a few minutes' time. Uh, first of all, a quick look at the technology news, and well, starting with some some pretty uh, pretty bad news for uh, some major chunks of the tech set uh, tech sector, uh, with quite a lot of layoffs in in the news. And th- this isn't the first week we've we've talked about this. It seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment. I think it, where a this, lot of yes. the
1: Something Elon can claim
0: he started. Yeah, um, it seems to be that when we had the the sort of the acute phase of the pandemic, a lot of companies suddenly um, grew their tech spend quite a lot because it was the thing that was enabling everyone to work from home. It was the uh, yeah you know, enabling everyone to to have hobbies at home when we were all stuck in our houses for for months on end, uh, and and so the market sort of took a a, a very big upwards turn. Then it turns out that actually when you tell people that they don't need to stay at home anymore, they don't. They go out, they do the things they did before the pandemic, and suddenly that tech spend is getting rained back in. Couple that with a bit of an economic downturn globally as well. And suddenly a lot of these big tech companies are finding that they've got a little bit more outgoings than they're really comfortable with in the, uh, in the environment. So a few big names in the news uh, this week, starting off with Google. I think the other thing
1: is a lot of tech companies might have hired more people who could work remotely because they they realised they didn't need the office space, yes. And suddenly have realised that they might have overdone it on hiring, and this is certainly what Google have been saying is that um, we we might have hired too many people through twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. So we need to fix that, and their shareholders have been giving them a lot of pressure on, uh, basically the the wage bill. And have said you need to fix this.
0: Yeah, so the, they have the the result. Yeah, the resulting layoffs about six percent of Google's uh, or Alphabet, which is the the parent company, uh, workforce. Twelve thousand folks affected around the uh, around the globe. Um, yeah, clearly not good news if you're uh, if you're one of the the folks affected by this at all. I I I have to say that I, I'm sort of in the. Is this everyone getting on the bandwagon a bit that the whole industry is <laughs> doing redundancies? Therefore, it's a good time to do it. You know, if you're feeling a bit uncomfortable as a what, company you can, with your beachball, you can hide door. in the crowd. Exactly, and yeah, that's <laughs> that's not great. But I, I do wonder no. that if there's a little bit of that going on here. Um, yeah, they, these are enormous numbers of uh, of jobs cut happen job cuts happening. Um, for companies that are still financially doing very well, Google are not making a loss by, by an awful no, long way. No. Um, but as you say, the the shareholders definitely turning the screws on this.
1: Yes, yes. And they, they definitely admit to having overhired in 2020 and 2021 during lockdowns and pandemics and are effectively fixing um, their staffing levels. I mean, they are 25 years old and and haven't stopped growing, but um, have suddenly realised that they need to possibly fix things. But they're not alone in that, as we said, not alone in that space, Twitter and uh, Amazon having done similar sort of quantities of
0: layoff recently. But it doesn't end there. No, Spotify uh, going for the same percentage, much smaller number of people. Four, uh, four hundred uh, redundancies happening at Spotify again, about six percent of their workforce. I guess, yeah, that again, it's a competitive market. It's there, there's a lot of other um, firms entering that space. In that space, YouTube themselves uh, point, yes. point the figure at Google, yes. uh, really pushing their uh, their music offerings.
1: Interestingly, both Google and Spotify share prices rose after the announcements of layoffs.
0: Well, for, from a shareholder point of view, of course they would, yeah. because it's it's the same income in the short term and smaller outgoings. For, for tech companies, the number of staff you have broadly doesn't affect how much money you're going to make this year. Uh, you've already built the product. It costs nothing to sell it to another person in the, the larger scheme of things, um, but the question is going to be what situation these co- folks are in in three years time, five years time, where actually they do need to develop more products. They do need to uh, keep their portfolio modern. And if you've laid off a substantial amount of your workforce, that's that's harder to do.
1: Yes. And sticking with layoffs, Microsoft have announced that they are laying off 10,000 people.
0: Yeah, about 10 percent um, of their global workforce. And of course, yeah. Microsoft have a, a, a number of folks here in uh, in Cambridge as well. Um This one was was interesting. It was uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, actually published the the internal announcement on their uh, their public blog as well um, as an open letter, actually saying we're refocusing. So whilst there are a large number of uh, redundancies happening, he actually called out that they're continuing to hire in other areas. So it's not a sort of we're shrinking uh, – the, the company will shrink in the short term. Yeah. But it's more a sort of we want to do less of that. We need to do more of this. But again, citing that sort of economic uh, climate of a lot of companies looking to do more with less spend uh, mm. in, in the technology market.
1: A- actually, just under 6% of, of um, staff is what their uh, reduction is. So okay, four and so, a half, so similar four and a half percent. to, to deal, yeah. um, But yes, if you look at the trend of their uh, staff – headcount since 2015, it has been a generally upward trend in numbers. So, yeah, Microsoft growing, and uh, as you said, growing in different areas. The one thing that's a slight concern possibly is that some of the team who built the HoloLens um, augmented reality system were in the cuts. However, Microsoft have moved that technology into their mesh division who are building augmented reality and virtual reality stuff around teams
0: now i i have to say if i if i were to bet and i may well be proven wrong here if i were to bet i would say say that we're going to start seeing a downplaying of the whole uh metaverse in the broader sense the the kind of augment, augmented reality alternate world uh, thing facebook meta clearly betting very big on that just doesn't seem to be getting any traction in the market. And we're seeing some of these companies investing huge amounts of money with no obvious short or medium term return. Uh, And I think shareholders are gonna start start complaining about that, frankly. I I don't think that unless they start seeing concrete results soon, as we start seeing these pressures, I think it's gonna be very hard to justify the amounts of investment that has been seen in in some of these AR technologies. I think there'll be much more concerted efforts of like here is an actual product that we are going to launch and it's actually going to make money for us Um, you know maybe sort of augmented reality for for defense applications i think was one of the um the the things that microsoft were looking at rather than this general purpose hey you're going to go and do facebook but in yeah. VR.
1: In, in, on the flip side of the coin Microsoft having laid off a whole lot of people have decided to invest a whole lot of money in technology and this is one of the three bits that they they made um, a few years ago and it was uh, we would be investing in uh, three areas and working out which one is going to be the leading one and then tra- and then tracking that one and the three areas they had said were the, the whole VR augmented reality thing which does look like that horse is now um, third in the race. Uh, Next one was quantum computing. Well, that one's still very early days, and we're still trying to work out what it's going to do for us. And then the third one is um, artificial intelligence or machine learning, which is where they have just announced that they are um, going to throw a multi-billion dollar investment at OpenAI, which is the company behind the ChatGPT system.
0: Yes, and I think that's the one that, if you look at those, that's the one that can obviously turn around into paying product the fastest. Yes. Uh, we're starting to see this with with some Microsoft products already. If you pop open a recent version of Word or Outlook and start typing a sentence, it'll it'll do a much smarter version of autocomplete, um, and you almost just sort of hit tab, 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 and it'll it'll write a letter for you. Um, I I think that I think there's probably a bit of a bubble here, but I think we're going to see some actually useful stuff come out of the bubble. I think I think a lot of it is just uh, excitement and hype, but I think there's there's those nuggets of use uh, buried within that, and I think those will probably actually make the bet pay off in, in the, the medium to long term.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're yet at a uh, machine learning or AI um, bit of code replacing people everywhere yet.
0: Now, I saw an amusing uh, scenario from someone uh, which was you know if I want to to write you a, a business email, then I'll write down a series of bullet points of what I want you to do. My chat GPT will uh, synthesize that into a nicely uh, you know polite email and <laughs> you know full prose and everything like that. I'll send it to you whereupon your chat GPT will take that and summarise it down back into a bulleted list which you'll <laughs> you'll actually read. That's, can we just do I, away with the formalities and send each can, other the bullets?
1: Can, can I, I suggest a product idea and that way we, we can claim um, prior rights on it. An yeah. anti-flame chat GPT. So if you've written oh, an gosh, email yes. that's going to upset someone, it yes. automatically quarantines and says, did you mean, <laughs> hey, didn't, didn't says, did you mean to send this thing that is quite rude to person X? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd I'd just be satisfied to. Would you like
1: some help on rewriting this email?
0: (laughs) I'd settle for uh, something that said, Was that really the recipient you meant? As it uh, Ah, goes to an external person instead of internal.
1: That tool exists and we use that. um, And it uses a bit of machine learning um, in our uh, environment at uh, at the day job. And um, it has saved several people's bacon.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> uh, talking of language, uh, let's head over to, uh, to to those word games that everyone loves. And Merriam-Webster, those of the dictionaries and stuff like that, have just acquired Quadle. Um This was the, the Wordle times four
1: thing. Yes, you do four simultaneous word s- solutions. You still only have uh, a limited number of guesses. Uh, I think you've got eight guesses. And you have to solve all four words, which are five-liter words.
0: Using those eight guesses, I, it, it's it's a it's a bit evil. <laughs> it is you know, quite you thought evil. Wo- if you thought Wordle was bad, it's it, it's sort of the Wordle on steroids uh, version. It, it's interesting that that is still getting acquired because we we had this tremendous raise of all of these games. And all then the it's, clones. It's all, yeah. Uh, uh, and then of course New York Times bought Wordle the original. Spotify bought Hurdle, uh, which is the, the music version, but then we've got the Hurdle decades and we've got the, the themedl and the Netflix Dill and the the, the framed all yeah, all of these <laughs> games. But they seem to have fallen out of the, the the sort of zeitgeist a little bit at the moment. I think people are doing the mad hoc, but not necessarily the not same yet. um talking about, uh, you know, being talked about in in the public eye uh, as they were originally. So interesting that the acquisitions are still happening.
1: I haven't wordled in quite a number of months. Still have a a perfect streak.
0: Uh, We're we're still doing the wools, I guess the Uh, the country one uh, that's at work every Friday. Uh, So there there we go. Uh, Twitter have done another U-turn. Yes, yes.
1: Well, uh, let's change our minds um, because the day ends in Y. Um, But... Uh, Elon Musk has uh, announced, well, he's, he's been hinting at things uh, about what you'll be able to pay for, what you'll be able to get if you pay for things. We've well, seen blue ticks. We've seen uh, paid for premium because you are an important Twitter name um, plans. And we're now seeing the talk of a an enhanced top-tier subscription, which will turn off adverts.
0: Uh, now, I'm going to just go right out there and say this is what we said they needed to do to start with <laughs> yes Right <laughs> when they first announced twitter blue i i'm sure our our comment at the time and, and we said it again when when it acquired it uh back at sort of last uh last autumn winter uh, an ad free thing that that is the thing that at the right price point would make me pay for twitter
1: yeah it, it's and, what's made me pay for youtube
0: <laughs> yeah Exactly, and it's, it's the, the obvious one. At the same time, I get the situation they're in, which is that it's the, the a very relatively small number of people contribute to the vast amount of activity on Twitter. They're also going to be worth the most ad revenue, and they're the ones most likely to go ad-free. So suddenly, if 5% of your users take up a no-ad scr- subscription, then 90% of your ad revenue disappears, and that's a problem for them. Um, yes clearly they've decided that that's yeah they need to go that route maybe it's a lack of advertising interest maybe that's related to the acquisition Um, well there's been a a big
1: reduction in ads from quite a lot of big brands a lot of big brands went. we don't don't want to be associated doing mr musk and we are um, leaving your platform for the moment
0: Yep. Um, of course, this wasn't the only bit of Twitter news going on this week. They also made some initially unannounced changes which revoked the uh, the access to the platform for a lot of very popular third-party clients. So Tweetbot uh, was the, the big one that a lot of people really liked, uh, really used, used to use as the, their way into Twitter. Um, that got blocked without notice, without any communications. It <laughs> took them several days to say, oh yes, we, we've uh, we've we've started enforcing our long-standing policy uh, on apps that do the same thing as Twitter. Um, to which the developer of Tweetbot uh, replied, "If by long-standing you mean two hours, uh, was the first time that policy got published."
1: Wow. So uh,
0: again, not not really doing a, uh, a a very respectful job of working with their uh, their third-party ecosystem there.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Talking about being locked out of things and uh, not having access to them, uh, Royal Mail, of course, made the news uh, um, a a week or two ago about a ransomware attack that pretty much shut down all of the international mail systems that they use. Basically, the system that prints the labels for customs so that your parcel you're sending out of the country has all the right documentation and, and things stuck on the parcel.
0: Yeah, uh, and it was at least good in that it was contained. You know, th- yeah, this didn't affect domestic mail services. Uh, that I was you know, clearly any kind of attack like this is is a, a really really unfortunate situation. But the fact that they contained it to those systems, I think was was a, a very fortunate thing, and you know, speaks to the the skill of those involved behind the scenes in uh, in making sure this didn't spread to the rest of the Royal Mail's infrastructure, which could have been. really catastrophic. Uh, Recovery efforts on that still ongoing. Yes, they have managed to get a
1: lot of things going and services are starting to get up and running again and parcels and packages are moving out the country. Um, They have got a few things still on hold and do say please check with our website for information on what is available and what isn't. And uh, yeah, they hope to be up and running fully as if nothing had happened within a Short period of time,
0: yeah. Uh, and then finally, Google Stadia. We uh, we spoke about this when it uh, the shutdown was announced. So this was Google's cloud gaming service, um, and they've now said that if you've got the hardware controller for Stadia and you want to keep using that after uh, Stadia, the cloud service um, shuts down at the end of the year, then you can switch it to Bluetooth mode. So that means you can pair it with your uh, uh, your your. Uh, desktop your pc phone,
1: your tablet your pc exactly yeah. use
0: it as basically a fairly nice but otherwise not particularly smart um, games controller so you need to do that once you've done it you can't change it back um, yes you can still use it in usb or bluetooth mode but you do need to do that change by the end of this year 31st of december 2023 um otherwise you It'll stop working, and you well, won't basically, be able to switch.
1: They're, they're turning off the page that lets you do the conversion at that exactly. point. Exactly. Like the, so the
0: servers will shut down. It's a it's a one-time thing. Simple
1: so URL, stadia.google.com Stadia. forward slash controller. It'll take you through all the necessary steps. You need to be using Chrome on a Windows PC at the moment. Uh, actually it doesn't say necessarily windows but i did it on crim certainly yeah um it will download the necessary it will tell you how to what to do to plug in your controller when to unplug it when to do what buttons to push because it was four um six fingers involved to do it (laughs) and then it will do the update and your controller will no no longer become
0: electronic waste at the end of the year Excellent. Good move on that one. Uh, we'll be hearing all the latest news from Dell at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2023. Cambridge 105 Radio. New to Cambridge 105 Radio. Queer Cambridge, a programme for the LGBTQ community. There's topical discussion, a look at queer news nationally and locally, and the lowdown on LGBTQ events in the city. Queer Cambridge, Wednesday at 6 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player.
1: Do you already have a solar energy system or an electric vehicle on Octopus Go? Are you looking to beat the cost of living increases? A battery storage system from residential renewables can store your excess solar electricity. It can even store national grid power overnight when it's cheaper for you to use during the daytime when rates are higher. A residential renewables battery storage system can help you reduce your carbon footprint, increase your resilience to power outages. And if you're on Octopus Go with a six-hour Window to charge your EV overnight, our systems can make savings of up to £5 per day on your household electric energy bills. Our systems come in a range of sizes to suit your energy needs and all come with a 10-year warranty. To find out more and to arrange a quote, email james at residentialrenewables.co.uk or visit residentialrenewables.co.uk. If you're like me, you've got a family and a business and you want to protect what's most important when the chips are down. With Woodfine solicitors, that's exactly what happens. I got a bespoke legal service from a friendly expert team. They really listened to what was going on and tailored their recommendations to my situation, which was, well, that's another story. Anyway, the best thing was that it all happened online. A few simple clicks and I had my quote. That freed up time to focus on everything else. Get the help you need when you need it most. Visit woodfines.co.uk or call Cambridge
0: 411 421. Woodfines, cutting through the red tape.
1: Cambridge 105 Radio
0: you're listening to the Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio, and we're going to be talking about the latest announcement from Dell and Alienware. Uh, that's their sort of gaming sub-brand uh, that happened at CES 2023. This is the, uh, uh, the sort of consumer electronics event, although very broad. Um, every <laughs> everything from computers it, well, to to washing machines to tractors and smart yeah, cars. Yeah, everything um, happens but, in Las Vegas, start of every year, basically.
1: Yeah a lot of electronics manufacturers choose that opportunity to announce and show off new toys which is is probably a reasonable idea You're going to have the the world's media watching. Uh, Alienware of course as you said part of Dell they were founded in October 1996 and bought by Dell uh, 10 years later March 2006 but they operate as a complete subsidiary within with still their own design and marketing teams and autonomy in terms of that uh, but they leverage Dell's purchasing power and supply chain for manufacturing and distribution. Obviously, Dell have a lot of money and a lot of uh, those sort of resources and factories to build computers. Uh, and of course, Dell recognized that they should consolidate their gaming division into Alienware, which then became their premier gaming brand. So, new releases shown off at CES 2023, and starting with monitors.
0: Yes, this is an interesting one. This is faster monitors. <laughs> I now I, I'm going to put, put my hands up and say I'm not really a gamer. I'll go and play Among Us and things like that with uh, with, with work colleagues on a Friday afternoon. Um, but I'm I'm not yeah I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm certainly not a first-person First-person shooter, first person shooter. Um, and so. I've never quite understood this trend to ridiculously fast monitors. So the idea here, that this is their, their latest uh, device, is a 500 hertz gaming monitor. That means it can redraw the image that you see 500 times a second. What I do seem to remember from school biology lessons is your eyes can't see it that quickly. I am pretty sure that your, your brain and your eyes can only register about 50 updates per second so Hmm. why do we need our monitors to do things 10 times that quick like i can get have it do as much as 50 hertz that that definitely makes sense um maybe even double that uh and then you'll sort of make sure that everything's nice and smooth do you need to go up to 500 or or is it just that you can
1: i i think some of it's just because you can um yeah there's a lot of disagreement on it because we can't actually measure (laughs) uh easily what happens electrically between eye and brain yes Um, we, we can do imaging and we can do fancy mri things and so on but are we actually registering and recording what is going on or are there bits of brain that are seeing things that we're not consciously seeing that are adding to the picture but we don't know so anyway Five hundred hertz. Most science says sort of
0: sixty hertz is about the top end. But anyway, yeah, that, like uh, I say, let, let's put some wiggle room in there and call it a hundred, <laughs> hundred and twenty. That's that's probably fair. I'll I'll take that.
1: Yes. Anyway, I guess if if that extra speed captures that extra bit of movement in your first person shooter and you see your opponent before they see you and you are able
0: to win the battle because of that, you're going to want one of these monitors. Yep and I guess this is this is not targeted at the casual sort no. of occasionally play a few games with your mates market this is targeted at the the world leaders you know, we we have the uh, the olympics for uh, for for gymnastics and running and stuff like that there are equivalents there are equivalent worldwide computer gaming um, events tournaments leagues all of that and if you are at that global top end uh, uh, of that uh, skill set, you're going to want every possible allowable <laughs> advantage to to help you win. Yes, yes,
1: um, it's a a, not, a lovely design. As far as monitors are concerned, they have kept it very clean, um, so it it occupies the the smallest footprint it can for a 24 inch monitor, um, base wise and so on some of the challenges not a lot of games have caught up with being able to do 500 uh, hertz r- refresh rate besides the 500 hertz refresh rate there's also a half millisecond response time so this is how quickly the pixels change
0: yes and that from one that state bit I another state. that bit I can understand a bit more because All of these, even if you you can only see sort of 50, 60 uh, times a second, all of those delays can add up because if your computer needs to decide what it's going to show you, it can do that once every 50th of a second and then send it out to the monitor, do that once every 50th of a second, and then the monitor has to display it, do that once every 50th of a second. All of those do add up. And so the faster that you can get stuff out of your graphics card into the monitor and in front of your eyes, that is going to make a little bit of a difference.
1: I am surprised that no one's come up with a fiber optic link for a graphics card to monitor yet. You can. You can get them. Um, it's, it, yeah, but it's nor- still HDMI on either end, isn't it?
0: it? It is, and it's normally used for doing really long graphics runs. So yes. maybe if you've got a home, the- uh, home theater set up, or maybe you want to get your computer out of the same room yeah. that you play in to keep it nice I, and quiet.
1: I, I'm sort of thinking more the laser transceivers in the graphics card and one in the monitor, and yeah, do it that way. But anyway that that's possibly future tech we are talking about a 1000 odd pound monitor ballpark price pricing not officially announced but that's the projected pricing uh as you said certified by a lot of esports gaming teams and
0: Alienware have worked with them on the design of this
1: maybe you want a new computer to go with it
0: yes and uh th- this again is is very much targeted at the gaming market um this is a new range of AMD Ryzen-based desktop PCs. Yes, there there is still a market for desktop computers, Um, despite, uh, I guess, pretty much all businesses moving over to pretty much universally laptops, Um, and and I guess for many folks at home as well. Uh, But if you want the highest gaming performance, that means you've got to fit a graphics card in it. That means you've got to have a big box with lots of air moving through it to keep that graphics card cool. Yes,
1: graphics cards tend to be hot beasts when they're running. Uh, gaming laptops we'll get to in a bit, but um, you say that I've I've just about to order two desktop machines for two people because they need the extra CPU power you can't get in a laptop machine. So yep. yeah, it, it it does have its place. Anyway, the the Aurora R fifteen, are Alienware's new. Uh, desktop towers. Um, quite interesting design, sculpted, curved, and um,
0: yeah, you I, can buy I'd them today. Say that, yeah. yeah, I'd almost say they'd, they'd sort of taken a few leafs out of Apple's uh, hardware design book, although definitely not all of them. It's is very much a sort of uh, kind of sci-fi industrial chic yes. approach. <laughs> Apple, it, it would
1: be white, with possibly blue accents or white leds and definitely um,
0: not being able to see into the, uh, <laughs> into the innards of the case
1: yes currently you can buy it with the intel 13th generation k series processors but as we said the the announcement at uh, ces was the uh, offering now going to be with uh, the option of the amd ryzen 7000 series processors and also intel's Lower powered processors as well for people who don't need necessarily the higher powered option, so quite interesting, and also some new options around uh, AMD Radeon graphics uh, solutions as well.
0: Yeah, uh, of course, it's not just the desktops that have had a, a bit of a revamp; it's also the uh, the laptops. Um, this is yeah, pr- pretty much one of the the major brands in the the gaming laptop market it's as we say it's not going to beat the desktops um, but nonetheless if it's uh, if it's something that you do want to to do a little bit more portably um then the alienware laptops are, are kind of very well known very well spotted um not the most portable devices generally should we, di- should we dive into those after the break yes that sounds like a good uh, a good plan cambridge 105 radio Tuesday nights on Cambridge 105 Radio, Gary Blue plays blues the old-fashioned way, remembering the history of the music and its fascinating stories.
1: Furry Lewis was born in 1893, and apparently he gained the nickname Furry because as a child he refused to get his hair cut. The Blue
0: Show with Gary Blue, Tuesday at 11pm on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player.
1: You ever wondered what it would be like to fly in the slipstream of heroes over Cambridgeshire? To fly a real warbird that trained most of the pilots in World War II? To feel the G-Force as you experience what it was like to fly during the Battle of Britain? T-6 Harvard offer a range of experiences from local World War II airfields such as Falmere or Peterborough Connington. We offer bespoke flights where you can overfly your house and even do a victory roll. A T-6 Harvard flight makes the perfect Christmas gift or birthday present. Flights are available throughout the year and we've a range of packages available. Find out more and book online at t6harvard.com. That's T, the number six, harvard.com. Terms and conditions apply. Cambridge for Ukraine volunteers are currently working closely with the University of Cambridge to provide accommodation for scholars from Ukraine. The University of Cambridge has set up the Ukrainian Academic Support Scheme, which aims to bring to the UK up to 20 postgraduate research students and academics from Ukraine, irrespective of nationality, to continue their studies and research in Cambridge for a period between 6 to 12 months. We're looking for people to host one or more academics or postgraduate research students from Ukraine for a minimum of six months. The hosts will receive £350 per calendar month for up to 12 months from the government. If you'd like to receive more information about the scheme, please visit cambridge4ukraine.uk slash host. That's Cambridge, the number four, ukraine.uk slash
0: host. Cambridge 105, rain. Hey, listening to the gadget guide we're just sort of finishing up on dill's latest announcements from their alienware uh, range and then we'll take a look at some of the the, the slightly more left field uh, announcements <laughs> things that you maybe don't expect to hit uh, the shelves just in the next few months but mm, maybe it's a sign of uh, trends to come uh, so alienware's new laptops these uh, these are what we mentioned just before the break
1: Yeah, six new laptops in the range that they've announced at CES. The M18 and M16, the X16 and X14, and the G16 and G15. The number being the size of the screen. The M, X, and G being the grade of the laptop. The M being their flagship, top of the range, has everything, full power, most expensive. Uh, X series being the ultra-portable range, and the G series sort of being the middle of the range, designed for everyday use for people who want... You know, that little bit of extra power that they might not get in an average laptop, but they don't need necessarily
0: the high-end gaming. And I think it's probably fair to say that even the ultra portables are not going to be the MacBook Airs of the laptop world. Yet. They, these are still with that gaming focus, aren't they? It's still yes. pushing the power in there, and therefore the... Yeah, the thing that always keeps laptops uh, heavier or lighter, the ability to get the heat out of it. (laughs) That's pretty much the constraint uh, on modern hardware.
1: Certainly the X-series Alienware laptops, the X16 and X14, are not going to be quiet machines when you have them running full-tilt, running gaming, or if you're doing anything really intensive like VR. And Uh, you will
0: notice that the big... Sort of fan grills at the back of them. <laughs> uh, that's not something you would get on your sort of sleek X- XPS ultra thin no. uh, MacBooks, that sort of uh, device. But it's the the trade off that you pay for the performance. Yes, yes.
1: So these are still very capable machines for playing high end gaming on the go. Obviously, anyone who who is really into their gaming and wants a laptop will probably be going more for the M series where you get a lot more GPU options. So graphics options are uh, a lot more uh, choice in that space, but you can go for higher-powered graphics cards, more graphics memory, more graphics cores, as well as uh, faster CPUs, because there's a bit more space to chuck the heat
0: out. Yeah, very much so. Um, okay, so on to some uh, of the... I'll on, on go the laptops. On, go on, yeah. uh,
1: across the whole range, They've they've made a bunch of changes. So all of them are now 16 to 10 aspect uh, ratio displays which is quite a nice change so widescreen effectively they've all got dolby atmos dolby vision so they're going to be great for watching video content on okay uh all have full uh full hd webcams, so better video calls on them uh better chassis and better feet to allow airflow of course they do say it's a laptop but don't use it on the
0: on your yes it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> tabletop really rather than a, <laughs> rather than a laptop
1: And they have overhauled Alienware Command Center to version 6 to improve stability and navigation between features and control of over all system performance. That apparently will make a lot of people who know that Alienware Command has been a bit rubbish up until now.
0: I I suspect there's probably nicked a bunch of stuff from uh, from (laughs) Dell Command Center in their uh, more business-oriented range.
1: Yes. Anyway, you found some other things that happened at CES that look cool.
0: Yes, well, the, this one's, uh, I, I'm sure this isn't the first year that we've seen it, but it, it's certainly the the new announcement from yes. Asuka, uh, and the Asuka A5 is a, a flying car, and it, it's the classic uh, classic sci-fi, here's the future. Um, and they actually took one to CES in, in Vegas.
1: I think it, one of the big differences is this one's actually now a four-seater.
0: Yes. I don't it,
1: remember the previous one being a four-seater.
0: No, and I, I don't think it was sort of ready to go either. And this one looks like it, it was actually doing uh, sort of demo flights. It's, it's effectively, if you looked at it and scaled down a bit, you'd say that it was a drone, except it's big <laughs> enough to sit in um, uh, and big enough for, for you and your mates to sit yeah. in. Uh, but effectively, it's a, a sort of multi-rotor helicopter thing. So it's it's not got a wing so much as a, a kind of a couple of cross booms, and is, it looks like it's a six rotor um, uh, device. All folds up a little bit, um, which means that it can kind of go into yeah, something it, like it a normal a bit, car site,
1: but like a DJI Mavic Air.
0: Yeah, I don't think For it comes onto the 250 gram. Like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> onto the 250 gram limit, but uh, 250
1: mile range. Yeah, on, yeah. on batteries. And, and that does that does amaze me it's, it's to make you think it's, why are car manufacturers not getting that range on things that don't have to fly
0: well hang on that that, that is cheating a little bit they've, they've gone for the bmw range extender thing which is that they've got right. batteries and then they've shoved a generator in there as well um very oh. sensible actually it it means that your short journey is all on batteries and then uh when when you want to go a bit further then you stop. Uh, start burning the dinosaurs, uh, but flight speed up to 150 mile an hour, um, and their goal is, that it can also drive, um, yes. their, their goal is to get it certified to go up to 70 mile an hour on the roads, and then, you yeah, know, 150 mile an hour when, when you fly it. Um, I, I find it kind of incredible. It it sort of looks like it's ready to go. I, I suspect it's probably going to uh, take a little bit longer, and they reckon Every 20, regulator 26. around
1: the world, yes. What is also interesting is that they are going to be launching an Oscar on-demand um, ride reservation service. So you don't have to own one.
0: That, but that's like going like to be an, an expensive like an, option in Uber.
1: <laughs> yeah, like an Uber, you'll be able to go, um, I'd like an Oscar to come and collect me and fly me to... Um, my destination please
0: yeah ver- vertical takeoff and landing and short takeoff and landing uh, presumably this is where you go forwards a bit but not anywhere near as as much as a full <laughs> runway and probably um gives you a rather more efficient takeoff than than if you have to go straight upwards Yes. There we go. So that, that's the, the Asker electric car coming to, uh, coming to a city near you in 2026. Let's put that one in the calendar. <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, Sa- Samsung have been at it again with their foldable tablets. Yeah, I'm still not convinced about foldable screens, but, you no, know, the,
1: development keeps happening and bendable displays are becoming... More reliable, whether there's—it's
0: it's the R and D project yeah. that, that just keeps getting funded for, for no apparent reason. I just—I'm
1: I'm still thinking it needs to be in that same box as 3D television and curved television screens.
0: Ah, well, you you mentioned 3D because uh, <laughs> Asus, Asus had an interesting one, uh, which was the uh, uh, the the Pro 16X. It reckons it can deliver 3D without the glasses. Right. I'm so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see it um, because the idea here is that, uh, you know, if, if you've got a 3D TV at home or a, a 3D projector, you're probably used to having um, the the glasses, either the, the cheap polarizing ones like you use at the cinema or uh, digital shutter ones that kind of send the right image to the right eye. Um, Asus reckon that with some clever lenses, they have made it so that you can just look at the screen and it's a laptop screen, but in 3D. Interesting. Like you said, yeah.
1: we need to see this in person, because, I mean, I could say to you, do you know anyone who's got a 3D TV at home and hands out the glasses to the guests?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> but maybe if you don't need it, maybe if you don't need to hand out the glasses, maybe maybe it'll be more interesting, I don't know. It's yeah. one one True to watch anyway. Thing is, the thing is, how many TV
1: programs and broadcasters actually do have a 3D option still? because the technology yep. just yeah um some of the weirder ones um LG showed off a fridge that that doesn't sound that weird uh, but this fridge has a mood lighting <laughs> okay <laughs> so I, the, the entire front panels of the fridge and freezer are led and can light up you can choose from 190,000 color combinations
0: is is this like, you know, those old-school sort of disco light boxes that had the kind oh, of the yes. triangular segments that, that oh, go around? Is, have they just yes. done a sort of 2023 version of that? Pretty
1: much, yes. Like what you might have seen on top of the Pops 1990s editions, yeah. Um, but um, one of the cool things is, though, the fridge door, you can um, ask it to become transparent, and it shows you what's inside.
0: Oh, <laughs> now that... that okay, I'll, I'll let them off. I, I was that, going, to, going to slate thing. it, but now... Actually, that and that, that is sort of nice because it means if you've got guests, they don't have to see the mess inside your fridge. No. But when you're at home on your own and you just say, oh, well, what have I got for dinner tonight?
1: Alternatively, the posh fridge that the guests can see has the wine in it. So you can basically offer them the choice of wine without having to open the fridge door and let them ah, warm their in. Oh, yes, but they can sort of like ogle your posh fridge. You keep a, a cheaper boring white fridge in the garage with all of the mess in it.
0: Fair enough. Well, that's uh, that's some of the things that have been announced at CES 2023. Uh, there is so much more <laughs> that we haven't got time to talk about. Let's raise coming up after the news at seven. We'll be back in a few weeks with the scatcher Guide. Cambridge 105 Radio.